We are back in action, folks. You're listening to episode two of It's Your Business, a new Capital Journal podcast. If you missed the first episode, go back and check it out. Last time, I spoke with Katrine Bridges about Topeka's plug-and-play accelerator program. It was a fun, informative conversation, and we've got a similar sort of discussion for you today. This week on the show, I talk with Barbara Stapleton about the Capital City's Choose Topeka incentive program. Now, I've reported on Choose Topeka in the past, but I wanted to hear from Barbara about how the program has evolved and how it could be improved going forward. We also chatted about some of the other work she's doing to grow businesses in our area. So with all that being said, I don't want you to have to wait any longer. Cue the conversation, and I hope you enjoy the show. today with Barbara Stapleton, Vice President of Business Retention and Talent Initiatives for the Greater Topeka Partnership. Barbara has played a big role in standing up and expanding the Capital City's Choose Topeka program, which was announced in late 2019 and is designed to encourage people to make the move to Topeka. Barbara has also worked on other economic development initiatives with Go Topeka, the economic development arm of the Greater Topeka Partnership, and we're excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about Choose Topeka and some of those other projects. Barbara, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, India. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Um, Well, I want to start our conversation by talking about Choose Topeka. Of course, it's gotten a lot of attention over the past year or so, um, you know, since it was first announced. And of course, we all know its announcement prompted a a shout out or or a punchline rather (laughs) in December 2019 on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Um, So could you explain kind of why the GTP decided to create Choose Topeka? I mean, I know it wasn't created in a vacuum as other cities have some similar programs. You know, what can you tell us about the motivation behind really getting this program started? Uh, one of the initial motivations came from the strategic economic development strategy that really began in earnest. We started doing kind of pre-investigation as early as 2016. And then as we developed that strategic plan and as things came back in terms of the data and research related to that in 2017, we found that things were showing that our existing employees that worked in Topeka and Shawnee County that made over $40,000 a year, 40% of those did not reside in Shawnee County. And so that initially was the onus where it led us to look at at how can we help support our existing employers in the community? How can we help them to be able to not only recruit talent to their organizations, but also to retain talent that they may have within their organization and make them stickier and, and really develop their, their roots within the community? And mm-hmm. so that's where it came about. It was originally, like you said, um, designed and rolled out in 2019 as an employer matching funds program. And so that's the origination piece. Mm-hmm. And then we continue to look at how do we develop and expand and grow strategically our current population? And Mm -hmm. so it grew from there, of course. Yeah, well, in talking about that growth, I know it was amended in September of 2020 um, to allow remote workers to apply. Um, And like you said, it was originally um, intended for people looking to move to the area for a job with a local employer. Um, Talking about that growth and that expansion, can you talk about why you guys decided to kind of expand the scope of the program and include those remote workers? I mean, I'm sure with COVID-19, everyone's working from home the moment. Uh, did that play into it? It did play into it, of course. With the with the pandemic, we all saw things kind of 
take a shift and, and look quite different than, than they had when we had developed many things within any community. And so we talked with our existing employers. Um, they were supportive of it, of course, because they looked at it that we might be able to bring remote workers to our community that may have trailing partners or other family members that then are also interested. And so it's, again, that strategic, incremental, very intentional growth that um, can allow us for long-term sustainability in terms of what we do. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that I mean, that's really where it came about of thinking about what workers want and what are they going to be able to, to look for in a community as they transition and change, partic- particularly when there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you see and, and we hear, of course, from potential candidates that, you know, they don't have yards. They don't. Ha- and we've seen that, you know, in national news, if you're if you have a I don't know, 900 square foot apartment, but you have no green space and you can't go outside. That's a little different than having a 1500 or 2000 square foot home that gives you a quarter to a half an acre where you actually can feel like, okay, I can, I can make it through some Mm -hmm. quarantine or isolation time because I have space to be able to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and our community offers that. Yeah. Well, and I, I spoke to one applicant who, um, uh, he's a video game developer. You, um, of course helped me uh, reach him, but he uh, moved from the San Francisco Bay Area, and that was one of the big sticking points for him, just uh, talking about all of the, the room he now has in Topeka and, and the inspiration he, he finds from that, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, last time we spoke, which was earlier in January, about 30 applicants had had moved to the area through this program um, at that time. Have, have more people moved since? I mean, what are the latest numbers? We're kind of in that second and third round of interviews, particularly for remote workers. So we have conducted an additional 12 interviews. I believe I have another that are even kind of earlier in the pipeline looking at their documentation that they've submitted and will, if they meet all those requirements, we'll be scheduling interviews, of course, for them. We're probably looking at another 20 to 25 interviews and we'll be we'll be figuring out where they position in terms of the funding that we currently have because mm-hmm. we're coming upon you know we're, we're right at that one year and you know we've made the adjustment so we've got more flexibility in terms of the allocation but we'll likely see that that funding uh, is completely used uh, by you know as early as the end of this month or probably within the next 45 days or so mm-hmm. and those applicants that are kind of in that interview process is that remote workers and people you know moving to the area for more traditional jobs? The, the interview process is for remote workers okay. so when it when it's employer matching the employer has kind of that performance basis too that they're they've got to perform and retain that candidate for a year's time as well so mm-hmm. there's a little di- bit different component than when we're looking at remote workers so there's a different process in terms of that pipeline. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, and when we've reported on the Choose Topeka program previously and, and posted those stories to our social media, there's usually one or two people who comment something to the effect of, you know, why not invest in the people already living here instead of using um, these public funds to bring new people to the area? Um, and I wanted to ask you about that. You know, if you were having a conversation with someone who makes that argument, what might your response be? And, and that was one of the things that we talked about when we first strolled it out, too. And it goes back a bit to touching on that 40% that don't live here. But, of course, at that time, we're commuting and using the infrastructure that's here. To be able to recruit those candidates to live in the community helps to grow and broaden that, that tax base. Mm-hmm. And so it helps to benefit all of us, both existing residents and new residents that we're able to recruit to the community, because it helps build that infrastructure a little bit broader and deeper. You know, there's more 
tax revenue that's generated, the more residents that you have. So it really is beneficial for all of us. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a, a butterfly effect. So exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Um, when do you think there is, I mean, you've already kind of expanded the program once. Do you think there's room to grow the program again, make additional changes um, or improve it in some way? Um, We are actually looking at that. That is kind of the intent to seek an additional round of funding, look at, and I think as you've touched on it, we've been pretty agile in terms of how we adapt and and we just adjust completely to that. There's not just, you know, the one type option. We've we've added a second option. We've made sure that we look at what's necessary to, to make sure that things are protected in that we're not just saying, hey, here's free money, because it's not free money. We mm-hmm. want to partner with these residents that they come in. We want to get them embedded into the community, get to feel like they are Topekans, just like we are Topekans, and mm-hmm. have that pride and that concern about what's going on where they've chosen to live. So mm-hmm. we really have, particularly, of course, with with those inter- that interview f- process, it's, it's a screening process process to be able to say, hey, you know, what are the what are the top five things you look for in a community? How have mm-hmm. you been involved in your current community? What would you change? What do you like? What do you dislike? So that we can get a feel for if they're a good fit as well, to, to know that we can have those partnerships and develop them further. And so trying to stay in contact with them, but continuing to grow that further has been really important. And it's exciting to, to see everyone in terms of how passionate they are about, I think you mentioned it, of course, with the, the candidate that you interviewed as Mm -hmm. well, but really excited about what what the possibilities are and what could be. So we continue to look at that. We'll we'll likely, like I said, seek an additional round of funding and Mm -hmm. continue to grow this program. It's not something where we're going to bring in 100 or 200 people in any one year, but but it still, it it, it helps it be maintainable long term. Mm When, you, when you're strategic about it. That makes sense. And I, I just want to point out for our listeners that, um, you know, through the Choose Topeka program, you're not paying these people up front to move here. It's an employer match uh, deal. And so the the employer will uh, pay a certain amount depending on whether the the person rents or buys a home here. And then mm-hmm. um, a year later, Jado, or not, I'm sorry, using Jado funds, <laughs> GoTopeka will reimburse the employer for half of, of that amount. Um, so I just want to point that out to people. So no one gets the wrong idea about what is uh, taking place with that exchange of funds there. And the remote workers have mm-hmm. to have their agreements submitted, whether it's a home purchase or a rental agreement before they can move forward in the rest of the process too. So there mm-hmm. are agreements in place for both the employer match as well as the remote worker options. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Um, when changing gears for a second to talk about some of your other work, I know Choose Topeka is not the only thing you're focused on. Um, and in fact, you often present at meetings of the Joint Economic Development Organization, which is um, where you guys did secure the funds for uh, the Choose Topeka program. Uh, but you often present at JADO meetings to talk about companies looking to expand in our area. Um, so I want to ask you about that. You know, what is your role in communicating with local businesses and helping them tap into local resources um, so that they can effectively grow? and and continue to um, create jobs here in the area. Certainly, yes. That's the business retention and expansion portion Mm -hmm. of my role. We talked, of course, earlier about the talent initiatives portion. Um, With business retention and expansion, that is for our existing businesses that are in the community. Those that, while, you know, of course, there's always that desire as we're in economic development to make sure we can bring 
exciting, you know, new growth to the community, we also have to recognize that the way that, again, we can get those roots deeper and and grow stronger as a community is to help support our existing businesses that are already here Mm -hmm. as they continue to expand and grow. And so that support is aligned as we look at what their capital investment is or what their new jobs are that they're going to continue to add over the course of several years. We work with existing businesses that have those primary jobs to be able to support that growth. And mm-hmm. so it varies in terms of the assistance that we provide. Sometimes the assistance we provide is more tied almost on that talent side to help get them connected with the local workforce center to schedule different hiring events and those types of things. But it can also be to help them find the right property or, you know, serve as a liaison or kind of a convener between entities to get them connected with, whether it's county planning or city planning, dependent upon where that land is, Mm -hmm. or to help, uh, you know, get them connected perhaps with engineers in the community that can can assist them with utility needs and that sort of thing, or with our utility companies. So there's really a blend and it really depends. Each project is unique in that way in terms of what they're needing to do. Some of Mm -hmm. them may only be, you know, providing um, equipment as well as, uh, you know, the capital investment for infrastructure. Others may be doing a combination with jobs. Others may only be adding jobs. But I say only adding jobs, and I don't mean only adding jobs. (laughs) Jobs is a big portion of, of that in terms of helping to grow. We really do look at making sure that they are living wages, that they're full-time positions with benefits. You know, there there are things that we've got to look at to make sure that really helps our residents locally too. Mm-hmm. And what types of companies, I mean, do you work with most prominently? Are there certain size companies that you tend to work with or um, certain, you know, um, fields? Well, we look at, look at um, like I mentioned, kind of primary jobs. And mm-hmm. so, um, it really varies, of course, from industry to industry. It's not going to be just uh, one. We have historically had um, some key target industries that, mm-hmm. that we look at. And so you'll continue to see those, I think, in terms of the businesses that we have here, of course. Um, those include manufacturing, so advanced systems manufacturing, food manufacturing, which, which we have some wonderful food manufacturers. We have, we have wonderful all businesses here. I shouldn't say just that, but advanced systems manufacturing and food manufacturing, distribution and logistics, and um, then financial services. And, and so those are some of the key historic things that we've looked at. And we continue, of course, to support those employers in the community. But then we also are looking, I think you've probably heard it at some point, we haven't mentioned it today, but Topeka is situated right along the Animal Health Corridor, mm-hmm. along I-70. And so it's it's right in between Manhattan, Kansas, and Columbia, Missouri, on I-70 in the heart of the Animal Health Corridor, mm-hmm. where 67% of all things that happen in animal health occur in this corridor mm-hmm. globally. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big deal that way. And so in looking at that, it's not just animal health, but it's ag tech and fintech and biosciences. And so there's a lot of an alignment and an adjustment toward that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we kind of look at in terms of 
to assess if a project is considered eligible under the guidance that we have for um, incentives that we must follow. We do look to diversify the community economic base and cushion against what we refer to as economic shocks. And so we're tasked with a focus on that those primary or export income jobs that produce goods or services in excess of what can be consumed locally. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that we look at, of course, not only for the attraction piece, but also for the business retention piece that we look at too. Mm-hmm. And so positions and growth can, um, you know, be in that where their direct economic impact. That's kind of what we look at in one of the one of the guidelines as we're looking at growth in the community. Okay. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Animal Health Corridor. I'm just going to make a, a shameless plug real quick for the, the first episode of this podcast. Actually, uh, we talked to Katrine Bridges, which yes. is um, Vice President of Innovation at uh, the GTP. And uh, she talked a lot about plug and play, the plug and play accelerator program locally, and that Casey uh, Animal Health Corridor. So if you're, uh, for our listeners, if you're hoping to learn more about that, you can refer back to the first episode of this podcast. Um, but back to, to Barbara Stapleton here in the studio now. Um, my next question for you, Barbara, uh, you know, going back to those JADO presentations that you'll often make, um, and, and you kind of uh, touched on this a little bit with the um, assistance that you guys provide, um, you know, we often hear about monetary incentives that different companies uh, may get as they expand. And um, I've, I've been curious about the kind of the process of crafting those incentives. Um, if you are able to touch on that, you know, what what does that process look like when you're uh, collaborating with the company to uh, try to come up with an incentive agreement that works for them? Uh, you've touched on this a little bit, but how does GoTopeka really determine kind of the size of the incentive to, to offer? Well, we have guidelines that are developed out f- from our board. Um, those, you know, are based upon kind of sometimes the industry, but but really we look at primarily what that capital investment is, whether it is in the infrastructure or in equipment, those types of things. Mm-hmm. We look at the number of jobs. We talk with them about what training opportunities there may be available. Uh, we want to make sure that we have an educated workforce within our community. So while someone may be adding 10 new jobs, um, perhaps those 10 new jobs aren't going to need the same training or are going to need some of the training, but they may also have existing jobs that they need training too. And so it's, it's a wonderful thing that they're able to, to look at training dollars tied, of course, to those jobs, but be able to help continue to train their existing employee base too. And so really we look at those three things, capital investment, uh, the number of jobs, and if there are training opportunities. And, and we calculate it based on that. And and it, it's really tied to what they're providing us. And so mm-hmm. it's customized specifically for that organization. That is one of the things I think it's probably, um, and you'll you'll probably talk about it uh, with Molly when you visit with her, hopefully, mm-hmm. about attra- the attraction piece of it. But, um, you know, that's, that's the competitive nature of it. Because, of course, there are other communities there can be even in business retention and expansion we Mm -hmm. can have existing businesses that they may have more than one location and so they're trying to decide well is it better for us to expand in Topeka is there enough workforce for us to expand in Topeka are there you know what are the benefits is this the right location or should we have it in x city somewhere else and so all of those things come into play and uh, work together to to help us kind of build that gotcha Mm -hmm. okay 
Um, well, in talking about, you know, COVID-19, um, what sort of impact has the coronavirus had on the work you're doing and, and the economic development efforts of Go Topeka, you know, aside from the, the Choose Topeka <laughs> uh, relocation initiative? I mean, what uh, effect generally has COVID-19 had on, on our local economic development efforts? Mm-hmm. The pandemic's been interesting in Topeka. And while it has, of course, had a very strong impact, particularly on our small businesses and our mm-hmm. existing smaller employers within the community, what we've seen in terms of those um, those direct impact jobs, those larger businesses, we've seen that the majority of them, because they are food manufacturing or they're other types of critical infrastructure or essential worker positions, there hasn't been, if anything, um, less jobs there there have been additional jobs and there's been overtime and there's mm-hmm. there's been a, a need related to that it's I, I i am not a chess player but of course i have i've watched some interesting things recently on netflix uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna pl- not gonna plug yeah. that show but um i recently finished it as well. <laughs> <laughs> lots of binge watching right. right now right no um what but i look at it and it is very strategic it is kind of almost a chess game. And Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I don't know that there is anybody that is an expert at the game of of chess as it relates to workforce and placement. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like one of those, you know, that you're watching and you're trying to figure out the strategy behind it. I I know that's not encouraging per (laughs) se, but I mean, our unemployment numbers have actually been quite good. You know, we had a spike in them early on in the pandemic because everyone was kind of like, okay, what are we doing and where are things going? But we've seen it really level back down and Topeka uh, to some degree has has been insulated by the pandemic. It may not feel that way for an individual, Mm -hmm. but as a community, we've been somewhat insulated from the effects of the pandemic. It's it's hard, of course, small businesses have not been insulated and we understand that. And of course we have other programs related to that that we've been trying to help mm-hmm. local residents and local small businesses. And so there's always you know, a, a constant need for helping to make sure that we're in tune with what our residents need. And so, so I say the one thing to say there's been some insulation within the community, but recognize that that doesn't mean we don't have many that are impacted. So it's kind of this hard juxtaposition but, um, you know, that is helpful to, to know that there are still opportunities that we're not uh, a community that, gosh, um, I can't think of a, a, a good example without, you know, but we're, we're not an industry that has been excessively, you know, we don't have industry that's been excessively impacted by the pandemic because our food manufacturers, whether they're manufacturing food for humans or we, of course, have several pet food manufacturers in the community, our pets are still eating. We're all still eating. So, you know, there still needs to be that generation of of the products that they make. And so that's helped us to that degree. But it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it doesn't impact certain businesses. Sure. Okay. Um, well, and looking forward a bit, I mean, as we ride out the rest of this pandemic and, and look beyond it as well, um, what's on your plate this year? I mean, are there any project you're, projects you're looking forward to or that you're excited uh, to see come to fruition? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm really excited, um, and, and this is probably not going to go where you intended it to go, but I'm really excited. We have, um, beginning mid last year, a new executive director for our Forge Young Talent within the community. And 
I've been really excited with the work that she's been doing with with Forge. And we've been partnering because it is a talent piece to be able to help our young professionals within the community from 18 to 40 mm-hmm. to get them plugged into the into the community and into organizations where they want to be a part of. And, and I think all of the organizations within the Greater Topeka Partnership have just done a phenomenal job of adjusting, adapt, adapting, pivoting, you know, with how we need to make things change and how we need to adjust and and conduct our meetings differently, conduct, you know, any different types of events, figuring out how we stay connected and communicating with our community. And Forge is no exception to that. And so I'm really excited to see where she's going to take that and where not just her, but of course, the Forge membership as a whole is going to Mm -hmm. take what they do in terms of really making this a place where all our residents, but all our young professionals really want to, you know, live, work, play, and connect. And so that's, I think that's really what I'm looking forward to. I hadn't, hadn't put that to words before. Thanks for making me think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Barbara, I mean, that about wraps up our conversation today. Is there um, anything else you want our listeners to know? Any other final thoughts you want to leave them with today? I would say just know that, um, There are so many people within Topeka and Shawnee County that want to see Topeka and Shawnee County continue to be successful. And if you have concerns, if you have suggestions, feel free to reach out to those that you're aware of that are doing that or, you know, make your make your voice heard and known because we love that our community is that kind of a place where we can all get involved. And and that's what I think we're seeing. We're seeing that that passion and that desire to improve where we live really kind of surface and, and come out and, and we're all in, it, in this together. So come forward and, and help. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for your time today. Um, that was Barbara Stapleton. She is Vice President of Business Retention and Talent Initiatives for the Greater Speaker Partnership. Barbara, thanks for being with us. Thank you. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. We drop new episodes of It's Your Business every other week. So be sure to check back here for the latest. As always, if you have any suggestions about what you'd like to hear, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at IA Yarbor, that's at I-A-Y-A-R-B-O-R, or you can look me up at cgonline.com and shoot me an email. I'll catch you next time. And don't forget, it's your business, Topeka. Topeka.